Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Nikki Chris and Natalie Jean from Sisters in Music. Check out our new organization, www.sistersinmusic.org. And our Sim Radio Network, home of our female-focused podcast, Mixing It with Nikki Chris and Chatting with Nat. Come join the fun, because together, we are stronger. Yeah! Hey, y'all. It's Natalie John, Natalie Jean, and Nikki Chris. And we are Sisters in Music, and today we have the honor of having... Tamara Dianin, Marketing Manager of Woman Crush Music. Woman Crush Music is a fiscally sponsored 501c3 nonprofit arts organization. So I am dedicated to creating opportunities for communities for inspiring, rising women songwriters. Over the last three and a half years, we've hosted over 200 showcases, educational workshops, and networking events across 16 North American cities. We created a community over 5,000 who want to see more rising women songwriters popping the charts and headlining at their favorite festivals. In 2020 to 2021, they are looking not to not only expand their reach by bringing their programs to new cities by partnering with university music programs, yeah, growing their blog, it first as well as launching new initiatives such as songwriting and performance retreats, tour assistance, partnerships with labels, publishers, and more. Let's give a round of applause Hello. Come on, how are you? Hi. Hi, it's so good to be here. Um Thank you for honoring us with your presence. Uh, you know, I have to say, so it's, it's actually tough to get other female organizations down here. There's some some don't have the time or some don't Um, but so it is. I appreciate you in a way you have no understanding. No understanding. You are gracious. You are awesome. You're an empowered woman. You work for an empowered company. So we are very thankful for you uh, being on this show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. You're welcome. So how has it been for you during the, uh, the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, so it's definitely been an adjustment. I mean, I will say, just to give you a little bit of background around about me, so I work in music publishing. I volunteer at Women Crush. We, as you said, are a nonprofit organization. Um, pretty much all of us are uh, working with Women Crush on a volunteer basis. Um, so we really just choose to put the time in and I've been with Women Crush in September so I actually joined them during the pandemic um, which was you know like a really interesting transition and when I got there they were already really like leaning in to um, all of the virtual events like they were in the middle of a virtual tour um, that hit something like 15 different cities um, and um, they had like local artists performing in each uh, city, and then all of the profits from each ticket went to a local venue. Um, so they were really just like diving into this virtual space, and I came on in the middle of that. Um, and we've just really grown our virtual events tremendously uh, in the in the months that I've I've been with Women Crush. So um, it's it's been a really good adjustment. 
So, does your organization, do they do any type of live streaming? Yeah. Um, so, we have had live streaming, live streamed events. Um, showcases, I would say, are, like, the main ones. Um, but we also do, like, a ton of panels. Um, we've had some really interesting events this year. Um, we um, did a panel earlier in the year on the diversity diversifying revenue streams as a songwriter um and we did another event um like around sync and music supervision so um yeah we're doing a lot of sync events in this time awesome so so when was uh women's trust music established and why yeah uh it's a really good question so um basically women's trust was founded in 2016 by our founder ashley um, and if she were here, she would tell you that it was founded by by accident. She loves to say that. Um, so she was an actively performing songwriter at the time, and um, she saw the need to have, like, a like-minded community around her. Um, and she was living in Portland and decided to start, like, a local monthly showcase. And I think the goal at the time was really just to make friends in the community, in the music community. And then, like, three to four months in, the showcases were packed. Um, and she kind of realized that she was starting something bigger. And um, she started reaching out to other music communities, and she really realized that there was a need for this type of community in other cities. So um, I think for the first year, it was just her. She was, like, a one-woman show. And um, she was managing the organization out of Portland, New York, Vancouver, Nashville, and D.C., and then it just grew from there. And by the end of the first year, Women's Cross had grown to 16 chapters. Um, and now we're a team of, like, 11 people. So um, it's really grown a lot. That's awesome. Um, yeah. We're so glad that somebody decided to do this. It's funny because uh, Nikki and I have both uh, interviewed with women that with artists. And she's actually best friends with the person that started uh, Women Music Park. So we thought, oh, that's great. Everything comes in full circle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know what? There's, there's, there's a lot of communities out there that serve women in music. But you can never have too many um, because, it, you know, like, it's just – I think, like, these communities have helped me as a woman in music. And, you know, I'm very involved in women's trust, obviously, but I also belong to, like, other organizations that support women in music, too. Um, and it's just, it's really great to see, like, all of this community building um, and, like, support. So, so it's, it's great. Awesome. Hello, it's Nikki here. So, what makes your organization different from some of the other organizations out there? I mean, obviously, like like you mentioned, you know, your members, you're a member of other women's organizations. Natalie and I are as well. So, for our listeners, what makes Women Crush Music different? Yeah, so we are focused on supporting songwriters. Um, I think that is what primarily makes us different. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons why I was drawn to it, because I work in music publishing, which is the area of the industry that supports songwriters. Um, and I think songwriters are a very underserved, um, like, figure in the music industry. Um, like, we're, we're starting to celebrate the work of songwriters more, right? Like, 
I work in digital marketing and like we're seeing that a lot of the digital services are like now making playlists like highlighting songwriters. Um, we now know the names of like well-known songwriters like Julia Michaels is now a household mm-hmm. name and you know she, she's known to be a songwriter. Um, and but you know for a long time like people didn't really understand what what um, what songwriters do in this industry and like where they fit in that puzzle. And we're really here to serve, um, I mean, artists. We have a lot of, of writer artists in our community, right? Because by nature, a lot of artists are songwriters. But we are primarily focused on um, serving songwriters and making sure they understand how they can um, really hone their craft and, um, and be successful in this business. Awesome. So um, how does how one join Woman Crush Music? Is it an organization you can join, or is it more volunteer-based? Yeah, so we are not a membership um, organization right now. We hope to become one one day. Um, so we're really just an organic community. Um, I mean, we are, we're looking to build our team. We're always looking to build our team. Um, we have plans to grow our, our team of volunteers. But um, if, you know, someone's interested in just becoming active in our community, um, I would tell them to join our newsletter, which can be found on the homepage of our website, to follow us on social media. Um, we're very active on Instagram. And um, we also just launched a Facebook group um, called Women Press Music Industry Community. And that is kind of like our first step towards creating something more interactive so that um, people can join, they can hear about our events first, and they can um, network with each other because, I mean, I think we all know that the community is so network-oriented, um, and we want to be able to help connect writers to other writers and to speakers and to artists. Um, so, yeah, just, just being engaged with us on social media and um, keeping up with what we're doing through our newsletter is like the best way to stay on top of what we're doing and to take advantage of all of our events. Awesome. Um, what is a good partnership to you? What does it mean to you? A woman for music? Sorry, say that again. I can hear you. Um, what is a good partnership to you? What does a good partnership mean to you and a woman for music? A good partnership. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, you know, I, I think I could interpret that in a couple of different ways, but um, okay. when we're looking as an organization to partner with other organizations, it's really important that we find um, orgs that, like, share our mission. Um, so, you know, we like to partner with other organizations that are supporting women in music, mm-hmm. but not only with, right, like, other people who are unserved in the in the industry. Um, we love partnering with organizations that support producers in music. Um, right. Like women in production are even more of a minority than writers than songwriters. Um, so we have an event coming up with the organization Itty Bitty that we're really excited about. They focus on um, connecting songwriters and producers. Um, we love creating music. Uh, which is an organization that really put, like highlights the discrepancy of women in production. And we're always looking for, you know, like other organizations that really care about the same mission that we have but kind of shine a different angle, a different light on it. 
um, or, you know, look at, look at it from a different angle. Um, but we also, you know, like part of what we do, when you said partnerships, I mean, a huge part of songwriting is finding writing partners and people to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, from an individual perspective, um, and, and we do a lot of events where we um, do like speed networking. We want people to find their writing partners to, to find people that they can create music with. And I think from that point of view, it's like, it's, it's a level of connection and a level of trust because, um, you know, songwriting is like a vulnerable thing. And yeah. um, when we're able to connect someone with someone else and that results in just like a really fruitful um, songwriting session, that's a, that's a really good feeling too. So that actually raises a really good question. I mean, obviously, you know, your focus on songwriters and and networking and bringing individuals together to potentially create. What are some of the other goals of the organization? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the larger goal is to make – songwriting more accessible, um, to make it a more accessible um, profession, and to educate um, songwriters on the ways that they can take advantage of their revenue, um, and to understand the ways that you can do that. Um, And, you know, that's kind of hard, right, because, you know, not to get all, like, music publishing nerdy, but... (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of different revenue streams that, that writers can um, take advantage of. And they're not, like, fun and exciting, and they're not, like, creative, right? It's a lot of, like, administrative stuff, but it's really important to educate. And so I think the, the most important thing that we do, I would say, is, is educate and make sure that um, nobody is losing an opportunity because they haven't done the right paperwork um, or they don't understand, like, the, the revenue stream. Um, and so I would say that that is, like, the most important thing that we do um, and the thing that I would emphasize the most. Yeah, that actually is really important because I know that I have found, and I'm sure Natalie has as well, I mean, even though I think we're pretty well-versed in, in various different revenue streams from a songwriting perspective, but a lot of up-and-coming songwriters do not. Right. They have no clue. A hundred percent. And I think part of it is also just, you know, like there's a lot of mystery around, like like people sometimes know these words, right? Like a a good example is think licensing. Like Mm. people know that you can make money by getting your songs placed in like a TV show. Um, or an ad, but, like, there's so much mystery around how you actually land that or how you actually do that. Um, And there are all these services that, like, advertise, um, like, become a member of our service and, um, like, we'll pitch on your behalf. Um, But, you know, there isn't a ton of, like, information out there. Like, you can't just do a Google search and be like, how do I get my song placed? (laughs) Um, Like, that is not knowledge that is easy to find. It's, it's not accessible. It's not transparent. Um, so, like, a huge part of what we do is, like, we bring in music supervisors to, like, talk openly and honestly about, like, what they're looking for, um, 
when they try and play songs. Um, we have a really great uh, event that we do virtually, actually. It's called Song Sessions. Um, and we will have people apply to perform a song. It can be a release song or a in front of uh, industry people. And we frequently will have music supervisors come on and be those industry people and give direct feedback um, about, you know, whether they would think this song, what, what, could have, what could be improved about the song to make it thinkable, that, that kind of stuff. And, and we've brought on A&Rs as well, right? Like, I think there's also a lot of mystery around how to get signed if, if you're at that point in your career. It, it can be really challenging to understand what do I, what can I be doing better to, to get a deal if it's like time for me to have one. So, you know, I think we try to demystify a lot of that information. Um, and that's that's really great. Good. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was talking to a friend of ours, uh, Valerie, she, she manages her son, Ricky Fertad. And one of the things she's learning and she encouraged her son to do is that, they just they he should take a uh, music business course. Everybody that does music should take one. I wish I had taken one because there's so many things that a person should know, even when they're going to meet people that think they know what they're going to yeah. tell us, you know, the writers and writers, musicians, whoever. Um, uh, we have to do our due diligence and start to study these things. Because the thing is, is that there's so many scammers out there. There's so many different organizations that can come to you and say, oh, I can do this for you, I can do that for you. And then they put a contract in front of you, and you're as, as expected to understand what it says, especially if you can't get a lawyer. Well, I 100% agree. Oh, yes. I agree yes, with you. Yes, yes. To give people knowledge. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I could not emphasize what you're saying enough. I mean, like, being an artist is being your own entrepreneur, um, yes. and being a writer, being your own entrepreneur. And, um, like I say this to, to creative people when I talk to them from like an industry perspective, cause I'm kind of more on the business side of this business. Um, like the more knowledge you have, the better off you are. And you're yes. right. Like, you know, if you don't have a lawyer and lawyers can be expensive, um, and if you don't have one, it's really important that you understand the contract that you're reading. Um, yes. And also, you know, if, you, if you're at a point in your career where you don't have a manager to kind mm-hmm. of, like, manage these things for you, it's really important that you understand what you're doing. And, and honestly, even if you have a manager, like, I, I really do believe that the most successful artists and writers are ones who, you know, if, if, if for some reason they lost their manager tomorrow, they would be able to pick up exactly. their own career and be, be kind of, like, self-sufficient. So, like, 100%. No, I agree with you 100%. But for the longest time, I didn't know what the word sink meant. I was just like, what is all that? I know like you think. Um, I don't know <laughs> And I had to do the research. Now, during the pandemic, I was able to you know, do some practices, workshops, and stuff like that. on interesting. So, yeah, you know, well, first in it. Um and I was able to do, like, Clubhouse. I met this one, Empress, and she gave so much information on thinking and licensing and how to get your music heard and, you know, working and collaborating with other people if you're if you're a writer and you're, you don't do music and stuff like that. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's really important for us to have the knowledge before anybody right. jumps on us and says, oh, my God, your music is so great. 
I can get it here and I can get it, it there. And the other thing that I think a lot of artists, um, songwriters or whoever, they need to learn the difference between the exclusive contract and the non-exclusive contract. Because some people are so gung-ho, like a specific um, supervisor says, you know, I want to sign the song, blah, 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 but I have to make it exclusive. Some people don't get that when it, once it's exclusive, you can't use that song anywhere else. So you have to understand, you know, do I want to be able to use this, music, this song in, in several different places, or is this person really going to do what they say? Yeah, a hundred percent. It that's like one of those things, and I think, you know, that that manifests in other parts of the industry too. Like, right. there's this whole conversation now around like masters and how like it was mm-hmm. really common to for you know young budding artists to, to sign away their masters. Right. Um, and now like we're having a conversation about like having ownership over your masters, and it's it's like a similar thing. Um, like it's, it's, and you know what, like exclusivity is not a bad thing all the time, right. you know, like right. if it's the right, if it's the right opportunity, then, you know, like that exclusive deal can be a gift, but you know, it's, it's a trade-off and you have to understand what you're trading. Amen to that. So yep. what, what is your definition of female empowerment? Oh, that is, that is. A loaded question. Yeah, is it? <laughs> yeah. I think I, I love it. No, yeah, I think uh one thing that I've learned um in my like experience in this industry, I've been in the industry full time now for two years, um, is that it's really easy to feel competitive with other people. Like it's a very it's a very cutthroat industry and I think, like, our inclination is to, like, compete with everybody around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that, like, one of the mo- most important things you can do is support other women. Um, and just kind of, like, I like I have this, this saying that I carry around with me, and it's, like, empowered women empower women, and it's true. Like, you know, women who are confident in themselves and their careers are willing to pay it forward to the next person. Um, and I just think, you know, it's really important to support women behind you and to, and for, you know, like I have really great mentors who are women in this industry, um, who instead of kind of like shutting me out because I was like interested in pursuing what they're pursuing, like welcoming me in. Um, and I just think that that's probably what, what female empowerment really means to me is, you know, like supporting other women and what they're doing um, and, you know, not letting, like, the cutthroat nature of this industry, you know, get to you and, and make you into kind of like a cold person who's not willing to help carry the people um, behind you. Awesome answer. Love that. So I wanted to ask, Obviously, I know focus on songwriters, and you had also mentioned that you're you're doing something with um, producers and bringing people together and networking. So, how besides some of the um, things that you already mentioned, does the organization um, bring women together? So, what are some of the other things that you do to bring women together? Yeah. 
Um, I, I think that we, you know, it's hard because I wasn't a part of this organization when we did a lot of our in-person initiatives. And I think like what you're getting at really happens in like those in-person experiences. Um, you know, for example, we had a in-person event, um, for a long time that I didn't get to experience because, um, this was like before my time. Um, but it was a future boss ladies series. And, um, it was like a quarterly, um, event for all ages that showcased like teenagers and preteens. Um, and I know that like, um, Ashley, our founder, like thinks that event was really important because like a lot of shows, as you know, like happen in bars or places where you have to be 18 or older, sometimes 21. And so, like, it really is not, like, an accessible space for, like, younger people who want to become artists, who want to perform, who, you know, artists, writers who want to perform. So, like, I think a lot of those in-person events, like, foster that togetherness that you're kind of getting at, and we're definitely hoping to get back to that um, in a, you know, fingers crossed post-COVID world. I think, like, right now, um, because of the pandemic, like, all of that is happening digitally so um mm-hmm. these I, I think like these speed networking events that we've really started leading into um have done that because you know we we started out kind of like this pandemic doing a lot of panels i think like a lot of organizations are doing panels right now um if you wanted to like attend a panel every day of the week you could and i'm not bashing them like there's so much good information going around but like as we touched on kind of earlier in this conversation, this industry is so networking focused and like one-on-one conversation focused. Um, And like your next gig could be because of someone that you met at that event or like your next job, if you're like on the business side of the industry could be because someone that you spoke to at some happy hour, like thought of you when a job opened up. Um, And so we want to try and like mimic those experiences in the best way possible. It's obviously really, really hard when everything is remote. Um, but I think the best way that we've been able to do that is through like these speed networking events where you talk to someone for five minutes um, and then you like exchange, you know, contact information and then you're randomly put with someone else and you just need as many people as possible. Um, and obviously, like, it's not the same. Like, it's not it's not organic in the same way as, like, you go to a showcase in person and you talk to the person next to you. Um, you know, it, it's not quite like that, but we're trying to do as much of that as possible because making those organic connections is just so important and really vital for being successful. Yep. How does somebody sign up to get um, to attend one of those, speed sessions, is that available off the website? Yeah, so it depends on the session. So we recently did a speed networking that was, like, open to everyone, to, like, songwriters, industry people. We didn't cap it. Um, Those, like, sign-ups are on our website. But really, I would say, like, our socials and our newsletters are the most up-to-date ways to get information. So womencrushmusic.com, like, our homepage, um, there's a link to sign up subscribe to our newsletter um 
you can also like find us on Instagram at Women Crush Music, and like in our bio, all of our sign up information is there for this upcoming event. Um, as I mentioned, like we have another speed networking event coming up on Tuesday, May 18th, um, and that one is to really facilitate conversations between producers and songwriters, um, so that you know people can find their next collaborator to write music with. Um, and that one is an application. So um, we have an application that closes on Friday, May 14th, so this Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And that application can be found like in our Instagram bio. We're gonna we're gonna be sending out it out um, in our newsletter. Um, you can find it on our Facebook page. It's it's widely available kind of throughout our socials, and we really encourage any any interested songwriters to apply. It's like a one-page application, um, and we're going to be pairing those accepted songwriters with producers, and we're really excited to see, like, what kind of connections come out of that. Oh, that's awesome. That is fantastic. I love it. I know, right? It's just, just like, it's such a need, you know? Like, it's so hard I mean like I don't do a ton of songwriting I do a little bit of songwriting so I I only really know surface level but like it is so hard to connect with other writers and creators um especially now and so like we just you know we're really happy that we get to do this and to help people like find their people and you know find find people to write with yeah it is real quick Natalie before you you ask another question it it really is, and it's. I'll be very honest. It's also very hard to find. Um, I don't want to. Well, people that actually are willing to make the same commitment that you are, from a yeah. songwriting perspective and producer perspective. I mean, we all have. You know, I have my favorites that I like to work with, but I also like to work with new people, and I've I've, I've struggled to actually find individuals that want to have you know they have the same commitment where i'm like yeah let's work on this and then you work on something and then two weeks later that you can't get a hold of them again so it's um right it's important to continue to build those relationships because you never know when you're actually going to find somebody that you might start building a lifetime relationship with yeah definitely and i think also being really in any part of this industry, but especially a writer is having perseverance and like continuing to reach out to people, even when you feel like you've hit so many dead ends. Um, because like, like you said, eventually you'll find someone that you just click with. Um, so, you know, sometimes like the biggest hurdle is just like getting over that like exhaustion and just mm-hmm. persevering through it. And um, just like, you know, thinking about the end goal for sure. Um, do you believe that women are making strides in the music business? And what strides do you see? If so, what strides do you see? Yeah. I mean, well, I definitely speak to the business side because I think that there are, I mean, from what I've experienced, like I think there are more and more women on the business side of the industry. Um, and that's, like, a really good thing. I think, like, probably the next thing is seeing more and more women in, like, leadership positions mm. um, because, like, it's become a more accessible industry, like, kind of in general. 
Um, but then, like, as you go farther and farther up the ladder, there aren't as many, many women, like, at the top, kind of, like, in these executive roles or as CEOs of companies. Um, so, you know, I think from that, from that perspective, that, that would kind of, like, be the next thing. Um, right. You know, the, the writing side, the, the music-making side is, you know, I, I think there are, like, more strides to be made there. Um, if there's definitely uh, less diversity. Right. And, you know, it's hard. There's, you have to strike this balance of, you know, like finding like, like-minded people, you know, like these, these, all of these organizations that bring women together. They're so great because like women are finding other women. Um, but also like that doesn't solve the problem of like breaking into a male dominated world, which is like the other side of this. Um, and so like, you know, that's the challenge. It's like the first step is like finding like-minded people and building a community of like-minded people. But then the second step is like breaking into like this world of not, not like-minded people. Um, You know, that, that really is the challenge. And, you know, like working with people that, that are not similar to us and like breaking into those spaces. Um, And like, I, I think that, you know, that women are making really great strides um, in doing that. But that's definitely, like, that's definitely the place in, like, the creative side of this industry that I think, like, more work needs to be done. Because, I mean, like you said, there are there are tons of organizations that support women. Right. You know, we are not short of organizations where you can go to find support. But, but you know, like, the next step is, like, really breaking into these spaces where there isn't support. It's, it's interesting to me, though, how people have to build. I mean, I was talking to an artist that was telling me a couple of years ago. I mean, she's a music producer. She was the only male, only male. She was the only female producer at this conference. Every other producer was male, which is crazy to me. And yeah. And the other thing, you know, with country music, it was like they were only playing one woman to, you know, fifty. 50 of the male uh, singer-songwriters out there, and I just—I don't get the whole gender thing or the race thing or anything when it comes to music. I don't get it in anything. But when it comes to music, music is just like a place where we all should be able to get along, and it's music. So why is there so much competition among the genders, among the races? I mean, it's just—it's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean. If you're going to work with somebody, aren't you going to work with somebody because you think they have the best skill set? Or you just like their sound? You like how they do their thing? Um, I think we have ways to grow, I guess, as human beings to be able to see that we all have gifts and, you know, the the stage is is big enough for all of us. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it goes back to, you know, like, a very small percentage of people have a very large slice of the pie. Like it's a very cutthroat industry. And um, like, even when you look at like DSPs, I mean, I, Mm -hmm. in my, in my day job at, at a music publisher, I like work in digital and, you know, I love the digital partners that we work with. But when you see these reports that come out where it's like, you know, a really small percentage of artists make like most of the income, that comes right. out of revenue streams from like the Spotify's of the world. Like, I think that's why, right? Like, 
it's in the benefit of few to shut out the many. Um, and like, it's really unfortunate that that's the case. And like, it's really structural. It's figuring out like, how can this industry work for like working class artists and writers, you know, like, not everyone's going to be Ariana Grande, but like, if you're not Ariana Grande, you should be able to make a living off of your work. So it's like, how do we, how do we find a way for that to happen? Amen. Yeah. So one of the things I know that you mentioned earlier, you know, that, that you've been um, fortunate enough to have, uh, you know, some good female mentors and things like that. And one of the reasons why Natalie and I started Sisters in Music was to, you know, women supporting women and women empowering women and, and the whole, you know, paying it forward. And because, and I'll be honest, uh, some of the organizations that we were part of, yes, they said they supported women, but we really didn't feel that we were getting that support. It was more of a, you're part of the organization, but if if you succeed, uh, you know, there was that competition there, like we had mentioned earlier, um, rather than the building each other up and cor- congratulations or um, the methodology that I like to say, a win for one is a win for all. That's that's one of the things that I always, that's one of my, my mantras. You know, I'm I'm here to support you. So if you're successful, I'm successful because we're all in this together. Do you think that we can get past that as women to get over the competition or get over the diva-ness, if you will, so that we could work together to support one another? I hope. I hope. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not going to act like, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm like a saint myself. Like, I, I have to actively work to remind myself that, like, I'm not in competition with other people. Um. You know, like, I think, again, like, I keep saying it, but, like, this industry kind of instills in you that you always have to get ahead. Um, And I think, like, the key is, like, yeah, like, it's it's good to get ahead, but you don't have to get ahead at the expense of other people. And I think, like, and and that goes beyond, like, women towards other women. Like, I think we all kind of need to remember that, that, um, you know, you can be successful and it doesn't have to be at the expense of someone else. But, um, yeah, I, I just think it's, like, for me, it's a constant reminder. Like, I, I really do have to, like, remember that. But I also have found that, like, I'm more successful in my own career when I do have a positive mindset and when I am kind of, like, open to working with other people. Um, and, like, collaboration usually leads to more success. Um, like, if you try to go at something alone, um, you know, like, you don't have all the resources of all the other people. I mean, and it seems so obvious. It's like, you know, when you work with a team, like, everybody brings something to the table, and you're you're more likely to be successful. But I think, like, sometimes we really just, like, lose sight of, lose sight of that. And, you know, um, I found that, like, when I put that competitive nature aside and try, like, really hard to not lean into that, even though it can be tempting some, sometimes, like, it, it ends up benefiting me, too, because, um, I gain the perspective of someone else, the um, skill set of someone else, and, you know, like whatever I'm trying to do is, is more likely to get done. So 
I think if we all kind of like came at it as not only is it the right thing to do, but it's also in our own best interest, like maybe we can get there someday. One can only hope, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but you know, like I will say, I will say, um, like women crush. You know, we we really, like you said, a lot of organizations kind of like talk the talk, but they, but they don't walk the walk. And like we try so hard in everything that we do to really like show that we're helping. Um, I know like one long term project that we really hope to to bring around down the road is we want to create a fund to help writers record demos. Um, so that we can like actually put cash in people's hands to like to like get the production tools that they need, um, and so like these things like it, it's not always like you know a fancy panel with like people from big companies and and those are great like I, I love those and I learn a lot from people um, who are farther along than me or like who are executives at a company and you know like those are really great events but they're not the only thing and like. You know, as it's as simple as like giving someone the funds to like record that song that they wrote with someone else. Um, like those things go a really long way, and, and those are the things that are like actively helping people move forward in their careers. Like you know, like what you just said. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because awesome. I mean, together we are stronger. That's why sisters in music. Uh, motto. Um, we're all about, you know, not being in competition with one another. Um, the stage is so big. There's no, there's no reason to... Uh, I know. I know. Um, I'm with you. And, and you know, a lot of people oftentimes, you, you know, they want to work with these big artists. And say, yeah, it's nice to work with Grammy-winning people. But, you know, you can see, you can see the homeless man on the street or the homeless woman on the street or the man or the woman at the at Starbucks could be the best player, producer, engineer, masterer that you could ever have on your album. So I think people shouldn't just, you know, want to always have certain people on their album. You should just want to create a, create a great album. You should just want to create great music. You just want to put something out that you, you can be proud of. You know what I mean? That's, well, right. that's, that's my motto. <laughs> that is my motto. Yeah, and I... I also think that, you know, I don't like to say no to opportunities. I right. mean, it's, it's one thing to, like, you know, mental health is important. So you should not yeah. overextend yourself and you should not take on more than you can handle. But but I don't like to say no to an opportunity on its face because I think I'm too good for it or, like, have right. beyond it. Um, and, you know, I, I really think, especially especially when you're starting out, like, don't have an ego. Um Men don't have an ego, and um, you, and you know what? Like even successful people shouldn't have an ego; they should be humble. But if if you are not at a point yet where uh, like you are busy every minute of the day, and like you need a team of people to be doing things for you, like if you're not at that point yet, like don't say no to opportunities because, like you said, you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to collaborate with. Um, and like where that collaboration can take you. You're 100% right. <laughs> That's the way we live. You just never yep, know. Yep. Where you're 
I've met we Nikki and I have met so many different people on our musical journey. I mean, we didn't know each other, and we just hate each other. No, we love each other, and uh, <laughs> and 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 we have different styles, and we have some of the same styles, and we get along, and we're we're not in competition. We actually we both do pop. When she has something coming out, I'm one of her biggest supporters. Like, where can I buy it? Where can I stream it? Maybe right. I can stream it all day long. Yep. Um, do you need me to do background vocals for you? I'm ready for you. That's that's what it's about. And I and I will do yeah. that for anybody. Oh my God, I'm just put that up. Um, you know, because <laughs> I like to help and be supportive in this music industry. We all need a lot of help. This is a tough, tough, tough industry. And so if you can have yeah. other people that are willing to be part of the collaborative effort, why not be part of that? Because something beautiful can come out. I would also okay. just add, like, I'm a big believer in paying it forward. And I also believe that, like, you know, I one thing that I like to do is talk to college students who are obviously behind me. Um, and, like, they are looking for ways to break into the industry. And I mm-hmm. never, you know, like, I, I love doing that. And, like, I would never think it's a waste of my time. Because, right. like, you also never know where someone's going to be in 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I was talking to someone recently, and she was like, thank you so much for giving me the time. Like, I really appreciate it. And I was like, listen, 10 years from now, like, you might be farther along than I am. You know? Like, you don't know where people get, are going to end up. And I think people are so focused. Um, and, and this really goes to both sides of the industry, but I'll speak to the business side because I know that better. Like, I think people are always focused on, like, trying to find, like, the executives and the CEOs to mentor right. them. And again, like, those are really fruitful connections. Like, really fruitful. But also, like, finding connections with people who are at the same level as you, like your peers mm-hmm. or people who are even, like, a step behind you. Um, like, those are also really fruitful connections. And, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't overlook those because you never know where someone's going to be and you're, you're kind of, like, growing in this industry with them. Yep, that's a really that's a really good point. Um and I I I'm also going to say I'd love to see and I know Natalie has said this a couple of times as well. I actually would like to see some of the um more let's just say established um songwriters and things and they they may do this. I just don't know, but have more opportunities for some of the more established songwriters for uh, you know, people who maybe haven't had that opportunity to work with somebody who may write for X Y Z person and open up those doors as well too, because um, I have not, I have not seen a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you there. You know, I think, you know, I think again, like this industry could be a lot more accessible than it is. And, um, yep. you know, I I hope that it becomes more accessible. I mean, I like to think that, you know, um, that, you know, people that there as they work their way up can kind of influence change. Um, you know, for example, um, an example from my, from my life, like one thing that's really not so accessible about the industry, the business side at least, is that internships are unpaid. Um, and for some people, like, unpaid internships aren't accessible because, you know, like, 
they, they're not at liberty to, to work without pay. Um, and, you know, I was able to do that. I'm very lucky. I had the privilege to do that in college. Like, it helped me get my first job. And, you know, I, I always tell myself that when I'm at liberty to make those decisions for, for interns, like, I want to pay my interns because interns should be paid. And so, like, I think it's like that. It's like if you see something that you don't like, um, don't wait for someone else to change it. Like, but it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be on, like, someone to carry. It shouldn't be on women to carry that burden to, like, make changes for women in, in those cases. But, like, it is. Like, the onus is on us. So, like, it's our responsibility to, to make those changes and, you know, like, to work our way up to a place where we can make this industry more accessible in, in lots of different ways. That's for sure. Well, thank you so much. We really enjoyed this conversation. You have enlightened us. You have given us so many things. Well, we've already talked about some things, but you've given us more to think about. Um, and we love the fact that you are working for an, uh, an organization that empowers women work, and, and allows them to speak their own truth um, and bring them to the forefront. Um, on the same line with uh, the men that are out there. Um, <laughs> it's, because it's time, damn it, it's time. Because um, we yeah. have a lot to say, and we shouldn't be pushed back. You know, and we're not going to – that's not going to happen right. anymore. That's not going to happen anymore because women rule. We rock, damn it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. No, thank you so much for joining our show. It was great to meet you, and hopefully we will see you at some point. I signed up for the newsletter, so I'm going to start getting stuff. Awesome. Yes, come to our events. And I will just say before we leave, like to anyone listening again, like find our newsletter on our website, com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we have really great events and, like, just, just great opportunities to build your network and to just educate yourself on being a writer in the industry. So join us. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. And again, everybody, this is the Sisters in Music Radio Network, and we were speaking to Dianin, Marketing Manager of Woman Crush Music. Until next time, see y'all later. Bye, everybody.